has been due. It's the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. Friday edition of Orange Nation, brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644. We've got a lot to get to today and uh, less time to get to it than normal. Uh, we've got women's basketball coming your way, uh, 145, as Coach Q and the ladies tip off the regular season at 2 o'clock. Brian Higgins on the call. His pregame starts at 145. So uh, 15 less minutes, uh, Seth, to get to everything. We've got Chris Gedney joining us here shortly. Missed out on uh, Ged's yesterday. Was uh, you know, the Work got in the way. Every once in a while that happens. We totally understand it, but uh, he's been kind enough to uh, agree to, to join us today. We've got Patrick Beeline, head coach of LeMoyne, the Dolphins, upset Sienna. A week ago, we'll bring him on at 12.45, and then Kevin Todd, our Vegas insider, for my most stressful segment of the week, uh, at one fifteen, I do have two games, incidentally, Seth, that I feel pretty good about going into this weekend. As for that third, I mentioned this last uh, or a couple Yesterday, days ago. Yeah, yeah that uh, that whoever called last week and told me to take Missouri didn't give us a name, didn't come on the air. I went away from the Missouri pick and I, I went on my own. I was wrong. You can have that third pick if you'd like. So so call back whoever that was who picked Missouri over Florida. Oh, and, uh, Missouri and, covered and covered big. And by the way, who told you not to take the over in uh, Iowa yeah, State, West Virginia? You did. You did. Just going to throw that out there. I, uh, I felt good about it, and I was wrong. Um, I've well, been I've been wrong more than I've been right this year, but I I've, the last four weeks or so I've turned it around. While we're talking about uh, gambling, by the way, uh, why I don't bet on sports, did you see the end of the game last night? The Thursday night game. I did not watch the end. So it was a six point meaningless spread. Meaningless touchdown, right? It was yeah, it was a six point spread. It was a totally meaningless score. That made it a six point game. So if you had the Cardinals plus six, you were like, awesome, we're gonna kick the extra point. We're gonna I am gonna win this bet, and then the extra point gets blocked. That's why I don't That is uh, what Scott Van Pelt would call a bad beat. That is very bad it's beat. It's a, a great segment he does uh, every yes. week for, for entertainment purposes only. And of for, course. For entertainment purposes only, this line uh, down to one now between Syracuse and Wake Forest. Orange favored by a point. A lot of that, of course, has to do with the uncertainty surrounding Eric Dungy. We thought something was up. I mean, obviously, you watched him last week, and he was he was struggling to get through the game. He, I mean, he played well uh, in that second half, but you could tell he was hurting. Then he was not made available to the media after the game, was not made available again on Tuesday night. And then, sure enough, last night, the injury report comes out. He's listed as questionable, and there is a, a lot of concern that he may not be able to go, and if he does go, he's going to be uh, limited. And you and I talked about it on the show yesterday. We both feel like... If Dungy plays, you feel pretty good about SU's chances. If Dungy yep. does not play, then certainly advantage Wake Forest. And we're not going to find out till game time. I mean, this is truly going to be, at least uh, for those of us in the media and for fans and for anyone outside the SU football program, this is going to be a game-time decision. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I will believe Eric Dungy is playing when I see him playing. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna believe anything I hear before that. I, I will believe the quarterback is the quarterback when Syracuse takes the field for their first snap. 
Um, I, I think that's just where I am this this week. Uh, and I said it yesterday. I think if Eric Dungy plays, I think they'll win. And if Eric Dungy doesn't play, I don't think they're going to win. And I think it's that cut and dry uh, and that simple when you look at this game against Wake Forest this weekend. And that's not a knock on Zach Mahoney. It's just there's a gap. And if Wake Forest really is that fifth best team in the conference, uh, like you said, um, you know what? Then <laughs> then uh, they're not going to win with their backup quarterback. Right, like that. That if Wake Forest is that good, you're not going to win with your backup quarterback. Two things on that. Number one, the stats say that you're right. Zach Mahoney has started seven games at Syracuse. He is one in six in those games. The one win, the 2015 regular season finale against Boston College, a game in which he was 11 for 25 passing for 86 yards uh, and a touchdown. They won that game with their defense. Uh, it was 2017. They, they, uh, they won that game because Boston College's quarterback was worse. Boston was, College's quarterback went one of ten that game passing, and it was the, obviously the emotion with yes. with Scott Schaefer and, and carrying him off the field and, and so on and so forth. Now, in his defense, he has played some really good teams. He last year started against Clemson and Florida State. He played Clemson and LSU the the year before, and and he's done some good things. So, so on the one hand, you're right that the stats certainly reflect that, Seth. On the other hand, you know we say it's a game time decision in that we're not going to know until game time. My guess is. This team has had a pretty good idea. The coaches have had a pretty pretty good idea all week of whether or not Eric Dungy's starting. And so if we don't see Eric Dungy tomorrow, that means Zach Mahoney's been getting the reps all week at practice. He may be getting the reps anyway. You know, Dino Baber said that Dungy is, uh, you know, was going to be limited this week at practice. So with that being said, that sets him up for success more so than... If he's inserted, you know, into a game in the second quarter and has to, you know, figure things out on the fly, he's been getting the first team reps. He's been preparing, you know, he's been preparing, you know, anyway. He's shown that he can play against good defenses, a good competition. He's faced Clemson a couple of times. He's faced LSU. He's faced Florida State. Now he's one and six as a starter. That's not all on him. So I don't think we can say that there's no chance SU wins this game if Zach Mahoney starts. I think we can all agree that there is a much better chance that SU wins if Eric Dungy is out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a much better chance they win. I, I will say I don't think they're winning if Mahoney starts it. And again, it's not even necessarily a knock on Mahoney. I mean, you said, right? Like you said, Wake Forest might be the fifth best team in the conference. I don't think you're beating the fifth best team in the conference with a backup quarterback. It doesn't matter if you're Syracuse, if you're, uh, you know, if you're Florida State. Uh, I mean, look, Flo- Florida State couldn't beat Boston College with their backup quarterback. And how many weeks has he been starting now? You know, so I, I don't know. Florida State. Uh, did they beat Wake Forest? Barely beat Wake Forest? Did they beat Wake Forest with, with their backup quarterback in? Florida State beat Wake yeah, Forest by a touchdown. Just bar- yeah. 24 17. Right, right, right. That was the, the game at Wake Forest. That was just a, a brutal game to sit through and watch. But yeah, uh, you know, I, I just I don't know that you're winning games with your backup quarterback right now, um, you know, at, at SU. I, I just I don't know that you're there right now, that you can go out and win games when your backup quarterback is the one taking all the snaps. And, and, uh, the offense has to go, and the offense has to move. And look, the last time Zach Mahoney started a game, the offense was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, they put up 60 points and lost. Um, you know, so I, I don't know what to think about this, but my gut says they're not winning this game if Eric Dungy doesn't play. My gut says Zach Mahoney's going to be able to run the offense. They're going to be able to move the ball. I mean, this is not Florida State they're going up against. It's not Clemson. It's, it's a good Wake Forest team. I think they'll still be able to score points. Now, if there's no Eric Dungy, 
then there's going to be extra pressure on the defense to keep Wake below, what do you think, below, say, 24 points? or so? I mean, that, that's, that's what we've said. The magic number seems to be 27 uh, for this team. So if you can keep Wake below that, then obviously you give yourself a, a better chance to win. And, and if Eric Dungy's not out there, you know, you would expect that your offense, I don't want to say will be limited, but it won't be as efficient as it is uh, with him out there. It won't be as dangerous as it is with him out there. So there's going to be more pressure on the defense. And and let's face it, either way, there's going to be more pressure on this offensive line. If Dungy is out there, pressure on the offensive line to, to limit the amount of times that he gets hit. And if he's not out there... There's pressure on the offensive line to, to make sure Zach Mahoney has time to throw and, right. and give him a little extra time so that he's not you know forced to scramble. He is not Eric Dungy in that regard that a play can break down. And you know, yes, Zach Mahoney is mobile, but I don't think we've we've seen anyone. You it, mean he's not going to rip off thirty yard runs on third down and nine? Going to say I'm not sure we've seen anyone since you know maybe Donovan McNabb who can take a broken play you know as the quarterback at Syracuse and turn it into a fifty yard gain uh, with his leg. Zach Mahoney can't do that. No. So the offensive line needs to give him time to throw. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a, a team effort to make sure that that Zach Mahoney's in a position to succeed in a position to win. Um, I, I'm curious to see if that is the case. Um, also, what if Eric Dungy does play, how effective is he, right? Is he totally healthy? I don't think so. Uh, is he able to rip off runs the way he did in the second half at Florida State? I don't know. I don't know how he did it at, at Florida State if he is as hurt and injured as, you know, it may seem. Um, you know, if he's not, you know, be, being let out in public... I would imagine there's something up there, right? Uh, so I, I don't know how healthy he was in the second half, and he was still able to put on an incredible performance. You know, how how effective will he be tomorrow should he play? I can't believe how effective he was in that second half against I can't Florida either. State. I mean, you know, he's hobbling. He, every time he's tackled, he's... You know, grimacing in pain and and punching the turf, and I mean, you could tell he was hurting. I mean, we have a you know we had a camera there, Seth. We go to all the road games at Channel Nine, and and we have a shot of him walking off the field after the game, and I mean, he is visibly limping as he is walking to the locker room. I, I can't believe he was that effective in that game. Now he's had you know several days of treatment and had a week off, and supposedly limited to practice and not doing a whole heck of a lot this week. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be out there or not. Um, I do agree with you that. You know, obviously, there's a better chance Syracuse wins this game if he's out there, even if he's 50%. Uh, I think where we differ, I, I do think Zach Mahoney is is good enough and has a good enough command of this offense. Uh, and we saw it at times last year that, you know, again, against certainly against Pittsburgh, that was just a, a strange game, but he can move the ball. Um, and this in, in this Wake Forest defense, while good, is not... You know, on Clemson's level, so uh, let's let's see what happens. I think I think we're in for a good game either way. I think if Dungy plays or doesn't play, I think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be close. You know, advantage Wake Forest if he doesn't play, um, but we'll uh, you know we'll all find out uh, around three o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, we've just got to wait and see, right? We, we've just got to wait and see. Uh, you know, the the numbers aren't awful. Uh, you know, from last year for Zach Mahoney, but I think that that Pittsburgh game really. Uh, Skyloots a lot of the stats. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, in 2015, he completed you know 45 percent of his passes. Uh, you know, he 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 struggles. He struggles to complete passes. He struggles to uh, you know complete passes with consistency. Um, I, I think that's an issue. I, I really do. You know, he 
He threw 150-something passes last year. 60 of them came in the pit game. And he completed 70% of his passes in the pit game. That's fantastic. Uh, but, you know, one week earlier, he completed 45% of his passes. You know, so it's it's just, I don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. Um, and, and that's what kind of makes you worry if if you're a Syracuse fan that, that you know, hey, Zach Mahoney's going to come in and, and he's got to play but what can he do? And and you just don't know. It's a wild card. And again, we're we're assuming that it's Zach Mahoney, right? If Eric Dungy can't is, go, right? we, we assume that. I mean, obviously Rex Culpepper is on the roster as well. Uh, Tommy DeVito has been a candidate to redshirt. I think we can say, and and Dino Babers wouldn't rule him out of you know bringing him in this game. And again, you and I talked about this yesterday. And if Dungy's going to be out the rest of the the season for some reason, maybe you do consider bringing in DeVito. My Strong belief is this will be Zach Mahoney's game. I would if, imagine if Eric Dungy doesn't go, and we saw him last week come on in relief. He's a senior. He's he's been through this before, and this is an enormous game for Syracuse because if obviously you give it away and you're four and six with two to play, you got to win both of those. Right. One of them's on the road against and you a, haven't a talented you can team. Win on the road. Right, you haven't won a road game yet. It's still a talented team. It's still a really talented quarterback in Lamar Jackson. You're going up against, and, and BC is better than than Syracuse probably wants them to be uh, for that regular season finale. So a an essential game, if you ask me, uh, tomorrow inside the dome between Syracuse and Wake Forest. We do need to take our first time out again. The show only going until 145 today. We've got SU Women's Basketball, the season opener coming your way at 145. Tip time set for 2 o'clock. Chris Gedney joins us next. Keep it here. Orange Nation rolls on right after this on ESPN Radio. With Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. We are brought to you in part by Burdick Toyota. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you up until 145 today, as Max just mentioned. Syracuse, Morgan State, women's basketball coming your way at 145. Pre-game starts at 145. Tip time set for just after 2 o'clock. We do have uh, the, the most stressful segment of the week coming up here in about 10 minutes from now. Vegas Insider uh, Kevin Todd will give our picks. Uh, plus, your phone calls are welcome at 315 315- 437-7644. If you want to check in, though, uh, do so uh, within the next 10 minutes because, again, a uh, shortened show today. Uh, we just had Patrick Beeline uh, on uh, Seth, and, and you know he's excited. I know the SU players and coaches are excited. Everybody across the country is excited. College basketball officially returns tonight. A lot of teams getting underway uh, later this evening. Uh, LeMoyne uh, starting up tomorrow. His dad at Michigan starting up tomorrow night as well. And there's just this – I realize it's not like opening day in baseball uh, when it's, you know, the first of... You know what is a, a fresh six cut month, grass, and you're out of yeah. winter, and, and it's yeah. right. It's and it's a six month season, and it's the beginning of a journey. But this is the beginning of a journey, and and for those of us that that love college basketball, uh, it's an exciting day. And I think everyone shares in that excitement. It's not just the players and coaches, but hey, those of us in the media, we can be excited as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I know you're an NBA guy, so no, not really. <laughs> 
giving you a hard time. I, I know, I know. I didn't even watch last night. There were there was like a the game of the young season apparently in in Houston. I tuned it out. Wake me up uh, in May. That's fair for the NBA. That's fair. Uh, uh, look, I, I'm excited for night. I'm excited to get back in the Carrier Dome and watch some basketball. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, with more than five thousand people in the seats. Being, I mean, being it, hastily swept aside so they can flip it over to football afterwards too. Uh, you know, to doing football uh, pregame and postgame tonight. It'll be a lot of fun. And from an SU perspective, I mean, you just alluded to football right there. It does feel nice that both these teams are relevant. Basketball is always relevant, but the football team is relevant here as we uh, as we hit mid-November. Uh, once again, Syracuse uh, not sure if its starting quarterback is is going to play uh, in Eric Dungy as we as we hit November. Same thing happened as we remember uh, last year, hurt uh, in the the Clemson game, and then we didn't see Eric Dungy the rest of the way. Officially listed as questionable. Um, again, I, it's it's going to be a game time decision. But we've talked a lot of football on the show. I want to I want to talk basketball for the next ten Absolutely. minutes, uh, Seth, while we wait to, to bring on Kevin Todd, our Vegas insider. I asked this to Brian Higgins. I asked it to Jim Saddle, and I'll pose the same question to you. What do you feel like we learned during the preseason? Did you learn anything from the scrimmage and then the the two preseason games? I don't know. Um, I really don't know. Uh, the things that I think I might have learned are. Uh, this team is going to struggle offensively, but I think I knew that already. Um, I, I think that maybe I learned that I like Barama Sidibe a little bit more than Pascal Chukwu. Um, I think that's probably my big revelation from uh, the, the 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 exhibition games. Um, I am I'm concerned about the two of them with foul trouble because I don't know after those two if there is a third option. I'm not going to say who. The third option is, I, I don't know if there is a third option, um, and, and that could become troublesome if you don't have a third option, um, because they're, they're going to get into foul trouble. They did in two games against uh, you know D2 teams, so I, I'm curious to see how that plays itself out, maybe even as early as tonight. Um, I, I don't know what else I learned. You know, I, I'm not sure. I think that we'll do a lot more learning tonight uh, against Iona on Tuesday night. Um you know, in, in these first couple of non-conference games, much more so than in the conference games. I think we learned that you could count on O'Shea Brissett to score uh, as a freshman and make an sure. impact as a freshman. And, you know, we had been hearing a lot of great things about him over the summer, and the, the Bayheim's Army guys all said, you know, watch out for this kid. He's the real deal. I guess that's why I didn't say I learned it. Like, I kind of expected him to be, like, a, a pretty legitimate offensive threat because who are the guys that we've heard about from the the Bayheim's army people right it was Ty's battle last summer right it was Tyler Lydon the summer before uh so I'm I'm kind of ex- and this is a, a tough expectation to put on uh an 18 year old freshman that we've never seen before but I'm kind of expecting the freshman who gets the praise from those guys to be pretty good yeah. right like I'm, I'm expecting it and I guess that's why I won't say I learned it yes uh, yes and no because I, there's a difference in my mind between a guy who can make an impact um and a guy who can just contribute and I think that that O'Shea Brissett is a guy who can make an impact I mean he's he he looks he looks the part and yes two exhibition games and a scrimmage and you know, it's it, nothing's counted for real yet, but I feel confident in saying that that Brissett can score. I think he's going to be the second leading scorer on this team. Probably. Uh, I think we also learned, and again, we we expected this. We expected that they would be a better defensive team than a year ago because they they couldn't be much worse than they were a year ago, especially early in the season. But I I do think this team 
can be a pretty good defensive team. Um, I think we're going to see the press most nights. I mean, if I said to you right now, what's the percent chance that Syracuse presses at some point in the first half? I would assume it's pretty, pretty good, high. Right? It's probably 90% or higher, I think, based on what we've seen. And Jim Bayham addressed that after the second exhibition game. He said, we probably would have pressed more a year ago, except for we didn't have a shot blocker. Now, not only does he have one shot blocker, he's got, he's got two. two. Yeah. So he can press with different lineups. He can press at different stages in the game. You know, you and I talked earlier in the week about how this team may have to press at times to spark its offense. And I think we saw that in the second exhibition game. I fully expect that we'll see the press tonight uh, in the first half, even just sprinkled in, you know, here and there after a made free throw, whatever it may be. Uh, I think we're going to see the press, so I think we learned that uh, as well. And and I think we we saw to some degree what what the newcomers can bring to the table. I, I like Howard Washington. I I think he's a guy who can come in and and play some meaningful minutes. Now, you know. Will they need him to? That that remains to be seen. How healthy is Geno Thorpe? Is Geno Thorpe healthy? I mean, Jim Bayham addressed right. that. I don't know if he is as well uh, yesterday. Yeah. In fact, on the radio, saying that he he hasn't practiced all that much in the the last uh, several weeks. We saw him out there for the second exhibition game. He's clearly you know not one hundred percent. So what will they be able to get out of Geno Thorpe early in the year? Will Howard Washington they... play meaningful minutes? I think he will. Um, I think we saw that the the freshmen can can hold their own uh, to to some degree. I mean, some better than others. I think Brissett's going to be great, but I think Howard Washington can can provide some meaningful minutes. Yeah, and I I think he might have to, right? You know, given what Jim Beheim said yesterday with Brent Axe, and and if you missed it, uh, check it out uh, online, ESPNSyracuse.com. Is it possible that Geno Thorpe doesn't play tonight or doesn't play much tonight, uh, you know, and and Tuesday night and and in this early going? uh, You know, he hasn't practiced much. He wasn't healthy the other night when they put him in. Um, I I just I kind of wonder if they'll uh, if they'll take it slow and let him get healthy, let him get up to speed uh, with this team in practice and then play. Right, and if that's the case, then Howard Washington's going to have to step up, and he's going to have to play some meaningful minutes because all of a sudden he becomes the third guard on this team, not the not the fourth, not you know this extra option. He is the first option off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think depth is. I don't want to say it's a concern, but you know, we had talked about whether or not you know Dolajai might redshirt, and you know, you have the same issue with the four position. You've got right. Percent, you got Moyer. Don't if you shine. need to put a forward back, yeah. in the, you know, in the in the game and, and relieve one of those guys again, you could go three guard lineup. You you know, you have some different options, but at the forward position, you know, Dolajai is is the option uh, off the bench. And, right. and as you said, if Geno Thorpe's not playing, then the Howard Washington the is guard the guard off the bench yeah. is is Howard Washington. And you know, when Chuku needs to come out, the the option the is option Sidibe. is well, right. So it's which is why we're like, oh, what's the third? What's the third center? I don't know. Is it O'Shea Brissett? I don't think that's ridiculous to suggest. Right? Like, as crazy as that sounds, right? He's a small forward. How is he going to be? I don't know. But maybe. Right? Like, I don't know that that's absurd to suggest that all of a sudden he'll be their their third center. And you know what? You know what would be really intriguing? A lineup of Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, Geno Thorpe slash Howard Washington, O'Shea Brissett, and Matthew Moyer. Wouldn't that be really intriguing? It's like a small, super small that kind of a super lineup. Small. But like that um, would be interesting to watch, wouldn't it? I think if you're the coaches, uh, you hope that you don't have to find out what happens if you need a third center because that's that is not an ideal situation no. for this team. No, but I think it's for gonna a happen. Lot of reasons. I think it's gonna happen, and I think it's gonna happen really soon. Like, again, I keep going back to this and and I hate harping on one single point. 
But Pascal Chukwu fouled out against Southern New Hampshire. Like, what's going to happen when somebody's six foot ten and he has to guard them? Sometimes it is difficult, in his defense, to guard smaller teams. He had to stand with his hands up and do nothing. I, I understand. I, and he still picked gonna, up fa- 5,018 minutes. I'm just saying, you say what's going to happen when he goes up against bigger guys. You know, refs usually let you play. If you're 7'2 and you're banging with a 6'10 guy, they might let you play more than if there's contact with a you know a 6-foot guard coming down the lane. So I'm just saying, okay. yes, I think I think fouls will be an issue for both of them. Uh, if you're Jim Beheim. You hope you don't have to figure out what you do when you need a third center. We need to take a timeout. Uh, Up next, Vegas Insider, Kevin Todd. Keep it here.